say unto them. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Everybody said Amen. I hope you said that with me tonight. All right. We're going to be going a little bit later. We're, we're going to be starting in another place. But here, a little bit later on, we are going to be going to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 7. So if you want to turn there, you can kind of be prepared. It's just the one verse that we are really looking at that's going to say, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And so we're going to come back to that in just a little bit. And then we're also going to be talking a lot about Hebrews 11 and 1 as we talk about what faith is. And so we're going to be coming back to that. I believe this is a night that the Lord is calling us to check our faith. To check our faith. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to share my heart with you a little bit. And I'm going to say this right up front. I am not a prophet and I don't consider myself a prophet. But I believe that what I'm going to share with you tonight is a word that the Lord wants his people to hear. And here's the question that I'm going to start talking to you about tonight. And then we're going to go into this concept of faith. Here's the question that I want to ask you. I've been asked repeatedly by our people. Part of the reason that I'm doing this tonight is because I have been asked when we've had conversations uh, with people now during this this pandemic time and, and all that we've been going through, I've been asked repeatedly this question. And the question seems to always be in some way, shape, or form, Pastor, do you believe that what we are seeing are end times? And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. And I'm going to share with you the answer that I've shared on those occasions. And I want to just go a little bit deeper into that. Uh, so the question is, are these the last days? I know that's not a popular lesson, not a popular message. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. I know that many times in the church, the church has shied away recently from these type of messages. For whatever reason, I'm not here to pass judgment on any of that. All I'm just saying is the hearing about end times seems to be fewer and farther between in the days that we are living in in the church world around us. And people are questioning. People are wondering. People are asking questions. And I think anytime we go through issues like this, it stirs up those thoughts in lives. Now, so what I want to do is give you to the best of my ability what I believe is the answer to that question. And here it is. Here's what I would say to you about that. The question of, are these the last days? Are these the end times that we see in the scripture? Here's what I want to, I will answer that question with a question. And the question that I will answer those questions with is this. What? Would the end times look like if what God has said would come to pass started to happen? So when I am asked, Lord, are, are, Pastor, are these the end times? Are these the last days? Is this, is this the beginning of tribulation and all of these questions that people are asking? I will answer that with a question. Again, I'm going to say right up front, I don't know. Uh, I, I believe that we are seeing things that are becoming very clear right now. And I know that we are closer to the coming of the Lord now than we've ever been. That's just simple fact. 
If the Lord is going to come, then we are closer now than we have ever been. I know what the Bible describes. I have looked at those scriptures repeatedly all of my life because I have heard those scriptures all of my life. And so my question to you tonight is not so much a statement of saying we are living at the last moment. My question to you tonight is what would it look like if this was the final moments before the Lord returns? Scripturally, what are those moments going to look like? And I believe the answers that we find in the Bible that just before the coming of the Lord, what the Word is going to determine and what the Word is going to call the beginning of sorrows, not the great tribulation, not the tribulation period, that seven-year period that we've preached about, taught about, and all those things, but that beginning of sorrows that Matthew chapter 24 talks to us about. I, I believe here's what we learn from that. In those times before the Lord returns, there are going to be plagues and pestilence. There's going to be famine. There'll be disasters. There's going to be wars and fightings. There'll be turmoil. There's going to be collapse in economic situations and collapse among morality and collapse among societies. That's what Scripture tells us the world is going to look like in the moments before the Lord calls us home. Hmm. Just some thoughts for you. So people are asking this question. So if this is what Scripture says, and we're going to look at some of those Scriptures. And then we're going to talk a little bit about it's time for faith to rise up. Because I'm not trying to... Fear, make anyone fearful. I'm not trying to twist somebody's arm to make a decision against their will out of fear. But what I am trying to do is be real with you and just talk to you about the reality of the moments that we are living in. The reality, the Lord could return to call His church home at any moment. I believe that with all of my heart. Also, we could have many more moments before He returns. The Word tells us to watch and pray. And I've heard all of my life, just like many of you have. Boy, it, this has got to be it. Everything lines up with the Word. It's got to be the moment. And I, I believe that. And I agree with that. But I've also lived through those moments where we believed it had to be the moment. And then that moment passed and a new moment arrived. And so I'm not here to tell you absolutely. He's come. I'm not going to name dates or anything like that. I just want us to think a little bit. And I want us to put ourselves in the frame of mind of how we should react if we are living in the moments just before the Lord comes. Because here's the reality. We are living in the moments before the Lord shows up to do whatever He's going to do next. And so we need to be watching and praying. We need to be spiritually awake. And sadly, many are not spiritually awake. Now, this pandemic and this, this time of, of isolation has awakened some people. 
And some people are beginning uh, to have eyes opened and hearts opened. And this has been a moment of growth and, and a moment of, of strength and a moment of evaluation in their life. But for many, they're just waiting for things to get back to normal so they can just get back to normal. But I just want to encourage us a little bit tonight that we just evaluate where we really are. Let's, let's look for just a moment at what Scripture says about the moments before. Okay? I, I hope you're ready to hear this. Matthew 24 and verse 3. It says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? That's the question they're asking Jesus. Just like the questions that our world and many people among the church are asking right now. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars. And rumors of wars. And we, we've heard of those all throughout the history of the world. But this is what Jesus said. See that you are not troubled. I think that's a big word for us. These things are not to trouble us. They are simply to awaken us. Okay. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. And then they will deliver you up to tribulation. And kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. He's talking to his disciples and those that are going to follow him. His disciples went through that. And, and so he is telling this to disciples all down through the ages. And then men will be offended. <laughs> that's, that's a big word in our world today. Then men will be offended. We live in a culture that is constantly offended. Offended at everything. I think the Lord was speaking about that. And we'll betray one another. And we'll hate one another. We, we are seeing the hatred of people. I mean, we've got social media and we've got so much video now and so many things now. It, it, it's not that it's happening more. It's that we are seeing it more. We are confronted with it and face to face with the reality, reality of that hatred now more than ever because it's so much to be seen. And then many false prophets will rise up and will deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I just want you to think. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. That's what Jesus had to say about the beginning of sorrows, the last days, the days before he returns. And so those that are asking questions, hear what Jesus said. It's very relevant for us today. Very uh, appropriate for us to look at that today. 
And then, um, you know, in Revelation 13, we, we talk about, he goes in and he, he's talked in the first part of Revelation 13, the revelation to John uh, that Christ gives, talks about the beast from the sea, talking about the Antichrist that's going to rise up. And then around verse 11 of Revelation 13, it talks about the false prophet that's going to rise up and support the Antichrist. An image of the beast is made and it's going to make it a talk and do lying wonders and deceive many. And there's going to be a mark of the beast and that's so debated nowadays. And those that without the mark are not going to be able to eat food, not going to be able to buy things. Not going to, we are living in a world where now more than ever... We are even seeing the, the greatest, freest nation this world has ever known because of this virus and, and the danger of this virus. We are seeing the greatest free nation the world has ever known. We are seeing it begin, and well, we're, we're living through it at the moment of just clamping down and, and freedom being let go of. While, we, while others tell us what we can do, what we can't do, what it's going to take to, to continue to move forward. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to debate with you about any of that. I'm not, I'm not weighing in on one side. I'm just telling you where we are. We are seeing how this is going to be possible. I'm not saying any of this is the mark or anything like that. Please don't misunderstand or misconstrue what I'm saying. I am saying we are seeing now how this is going to happen on a worldwide basis. And we are going to see that as these things happen and calamity comes and fear comes and all of this stuff begins to happen, how this world is going to be set up for the very moment that we are looking at. Okay. Now let me take you to one more scripture. And, and uh, I, like I said as I began this, I'm firmly aware that these are probably not the most popular of messages because people want to hear, I just want to know how to apply the word in my life and how to be blessed and all of those type things. That's what we really desire to hear. But I want to tell you, we need to be awakened a little bit. We need to be shook. God wants to do something bigger than just what we have considered normal. So we need to be awake. Here, here's the scripture I want to take you to. 2 Peter chapter 3. If you can't get there, just write these down. You can look them up later. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Here's what he says, talking about the end times. Here's what Peter is writing under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says, knowing this first. That scoffers will come in the last days. Walking according to their own lust. And saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water. Now, what, what Peter is saying here, in the King James, it'll even clarify that more. He talks about mockers and scoffers that are going to rise up. And when the church, the body of Christ, begins to talk about, boy, these are last day events. These are last day happenings. This is what the word has told us. They're going to mock 
they're going to scoff. They're going to laugh. They're going to buffoon the church. They're going to act like the church has just grown a few heads and we're just way out there. And, and you know, like we should all put on our tinfoil hats and get our baseball bats and, you know, tell each other to get ready and swing away, Merrill, for those of you that know the movie. We, we are going to be looked at like we are crazy because the Bible said in the last days, scoffers, mockers are going to rise up. And here's the words they're going to use. I've heard that the Lord was coming back all of my life and He hasn't come yet. And if that doesn't sound like our generation, and, and even past generations, but our generation in particular, I don't know what does. Because I have heard those very words spoken to me. Not by people that knew they were fulfilling Scripture, but they spoke those very words to me, laughing at people who say, we need to be awake. I gotta, I've got to tell you something. I don't know where we are on this end-time time clock, but what I do know is if what Jesus said is true, and if what the Word has said is true, and the things that are coming, if it is, we're seeing it. No denying that. So what are we to do? Well, first of all, we need to wake up. Do you know right now going on, I was just looking at the article over in the Middle East and all around over in the Middle East and over into Iran, do you know they are having one of the largest plagues of locusts that they have ever had? So much so, I, I was looking at the article as they were talking about it. And, and it, it was talking about uh, the Horn of Africa and the Middle East and South Asia. These swarms of locusts are coming in. And, and they are leaving crops and rangeland destroyed. And listen to this. A combined 42 million people in eastern Africa and Yemen were already expected to face Food insecurity, acute meaning they, they were already looking at being out of food and really struggling. That's according to the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization. It's not some harebrained somebody saying this. This is their own, the, own, the, the organization that study this, not, not biblical things. The locusts and now the coronavirus could push more people to the brink of starvation. Countries like Kenya and Somalia and Ethiopia... The locusts have been the worst in decades. Iran, the worst that, that they have almost ever seen. Almost 100% of the crops in some areas have been uh, destroyed. Officials in Iran reported that a layer of dead locusts piled up six inches high after spraying for, with pesticides. Cyclone Amphan is hitting into India. An evacuation for millions of people. I just read about this one. Listen, I, I hope you're, you're just following along and listening. I just read about this one as well. Again, not some crazy religious kook. This is happening in our world. Right now in, in Mexico, they are reporting locals in Montemorelos, Mexico, were rained on by, and we know about these in Oklahoma, large spiked hailstones. And some there were saying, 
They believe this was God's way of telling them they need to stay inside during the pandemic because the hailstones they said were in the shape of what we are seeing, what we see when we look under the microscope of the the COVID nineteen, the coronavirus. Now I'm I'm not. I'm not agreeing, disagreeing with that. I'm just telling you what's happening around our world. It says these spiked hailstones, they're usual in these big storms. But all of these things are happening all around us. Okay? And people are wondering what in the world is going on. So, if the beginning of sorrows is upon us, what would it look like according to Scripture? I believe... It would look like the beginning where we're at right now. That's going to, now, end times it's going to get a whole lot worse, but it has to begin. And I believe the beginning would look like what we're seeing. So are you awake? What does that mean for us? What, Pastor, why are you spending all this time talking about this? Because I want to get now to where I want to go with you in Scripture. Because I want to talk to you about what does it mean for the church. Here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you need to go out and bury you a bus in the ground somewhere and hide away uh, all the foods you can stuff away and, you know, have some, some panic moment or like they've done in the past where people go sell everything, get into debt, uh, do all these kind of things because, hey, the, the Lord's coming back. We won't have to pay it back. And that's not what these times mean. It doesn't mean that we need to run around making predictions of this day or that day. That's not what this means. But it does mean we better be awake. I see uh, Ruth has put on the, the, the chat, always be prepared in, in season and out. That is exactly right. We need to be prepared. So what is that going to look like for the church? If these are the times that the Lord has told us about, shouldn't we be doing some things? Shouldn't we be leading towards some things shouldn't we be having some conversations with people that we have the opportunity to talk to about spiritual issues I think we should so here's what I'm going to talk to you about with the remaining of our time together tonight I want to talk to you and I want you to go to Hebrews 11 and 1 with me I'm going to read two verses Hebrews 11 and 1 And verse 2. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it is the evidence of things not seen. Some translations will say not yet seen. It's the evidence. It's the substance of things hoped for. And it is the evidence of things not yet seen. For by it, by this faith. That's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The elders obtained a good testimony by this faith. So I'm going to talk to you about this faith. And 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, where I, I told you we were going to go, says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. See, we, I've talked to you a lot about seeing what all is going on around us. But we don't walk by what we see going on around us. We don't determine our path by any of these things we see going on. We walk by faith. That's really what I've come to tell you tonight. 
Even though we see all of these things that are happening and that causes us to awaken, causes us to evaluate. We don't walk because if we walk by these things, we walk by fear. We act out of fear, but we walk by faith. Meaning there's purpose that we are walking in. There is a belief that we are walking in. There is a belief system that we are walking in. And so I, I want to talk to you about that because here is the thing about this now faith that Hebrews 11 talks about. It is all about what you can't see. <laughs> Look at the definition in Hebrews 11 and 1 again. Now faith is what? The substance of what? what? What does it say? You can put it in the chat there. You're a little behind me, but that's all right. It'll pop up when it pops up. What, what is it? What does it say? It says the substance of things hoped for. Okay. Now faith also is not only the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things what? You can write that in the chat as well. Some of you may put hope for. And then you can put, now faith is the evidence of things not seen. So this kind of faith is not about what we see. It's really all about what you can't see. That's, that's pretty good if you'll hear that. Because yes, we can see all this going on. But I'm not going to walk in all that. Because I, I don't know all of the, I know God speaks to his prophets and he warns and he prepares, and I believe he's been doing that. But I don't know what all I'm seeing means, but I can walk by faith through it all. So I'm walking by faith through it all. So this kind of faith is all about what you can't see. I want you to think with me of a story. And you can write this down and you can go read about it if you want. I won't take the time to take you there. Mark chapter 10. Verses 46 through 52. It's a story of the man we've called, that's called Blind Bartimaeus. Now, you know why he's called Blind Bartimaeus? Because he was blind. He sat by the highway side begging, and he was blind. Matthew, I think it's Matthew, or Luke 1, they, it'll, they will describe two men. Mark focuses on Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. There he is. He's by the highway side Begging, okay? And he hears, he can't see him, but he's heard reports, he's heard the talk, he's heard everything, and he hears that Jesus is coming by. He hears the crowd. He hears as they're walking by. And here's what blind Bartimaeus does. He recognizes, because of what he's hearing around him, that Jesus is coming by. And so he cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the, everyone around him and all of them say, you need to be quiet. And he just cries out louder. You need to be quiet. Jesus stops. See, because he continued to cry out because he wasn't walking by what he could see. Because he couldn't see everything. See, many of us, we only want to walk by what we see. But we can't see clearly everything. We walk by faith. So blind Bartimaeus is exhibiting faith. And so Jesus stops in Mark chapter 10 there. And, and, and what he says, 
He says he stood still and he commanded him to be called. And then they called the blind man after telling him to be quiet. Now they call him and they say to him, hey, be of good cheer, rise. Jesus is calling for you. And so he threw aside his garment and he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus asked him a question. He said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabona, that I may receive my sight. So Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you well. He was walking by faith and he was immediately, he received his sight and then he followed Jesus on the road. He walked by faith. It was, his faith was all about what he couldn't see. He wanted to see clearly. But he didn't hang up in his faith on what he couldn't see. He called out anyway. And because of his faith that he walked in, he received his healing from the Lord. It's all about what you can't see. What was it he couldn't see? He couldn't see what all was around him. But what did he see in the spirit? He saw the potential and the opportunity that Christ had his answer. Who is it that he trusted? He trusted in Jesus. He believed because of the reports that he had heard that this was a miracle worker. That this was his opportunity. What was it that he believed? He believed for his sight. And what did he say? He said that I would be able to see. We're going to talk about that, so just hang on. Acts chapter 1 and verse 7. If you want to turn over there, you can write it down if you don't want to turn there. Acts chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Jesus says to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I want you to notice this hit me a little bit different than normal as I was studying this. It says... He says to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons of what the Father has put in His own authority. So you're not going to see all these things. You're not going to know all these things. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be empowered to be my witnesses. So that tells me I don't have to know everything about what all's going on to be His witness. I need to walk by faith, filled with His Spirit, and I can be His witness to my world. It's all about what we can't see, but what we can do, and that is have faith. What we can believe in. I want to say this to you about faith. Faith is an action. Faith is an action. It, you, there's something involved in faith. Faith is specifically timed for a moment. You know, I know this because if you don't act in faith in your moment, you miss that opportunity. So faith is timed in your life. The Bible says the Lord gives a measure of faith to everyone and He times that faith in our moments. And it is an action. Faith is an action. And faith is timed for a specific moment for you to release it. Faith is creative. We can call those things that are not as though they are by faith. Jesus taught, Mark chapter 11, If you say unto this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be removed. Faith is creative. As you speak the word, God's word is creative. 
you, you speak. The power of life and death rests in your tongue. Faith is responsive. And that means faith is a response. Faith is an action. Faith is time for a specific moment. Faith is creative. And faith is responsive. You respond to your situations by faith. Amen. Even when you can't see. Because faith is all about what you can't see. But it's all about who and what you believe. Now, I'm going to talk to you about that for just a moment. I'm, I'm nearly finished with what I have to say. Faith is all about what you can't see. I already read it to you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. We walk by faith. Not by sight. We walk by faith. 2 Kings. You can just write these down. We're not going to turn to all these. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 17 tells a story of Elisha and his servant. And they are surrounding Elisha, the prophet of God, on the hills. They want to take him captive. The armies of his enemy have surrounded him. His servant walks out and sees they are surrounded. Comes in to the old prophet and says, what are we going to do? They are surrounding us. He's living in sight. He sees the impossibilities. Elisha walks out and then he prays and he says, Lord, open his eyes to see what he can't see. And when the servant's eyes were open, the Bible says, all of a sudden, he no longer saw the enemy, but he saw the host of heaven, the army of heaven, surrounding his enemy. See, faith was in what he couldn't see, but faith was in what God could show him. Amen. See, our faith is not... Activated by what we see, our faith is activated by what God has revealed to us in His Word and by His Spirit. It's all about what you can't see. Faith is all about who you can trust. Who you can trust. Have you discovered that you can't always trust professionals? You can't always trust those who are put up as experts. But you can trust God at all times. You can trust His Word. You can trust Christ. You can trust the leading of the Spirit of God. Faith is all about who you can trust. Amen. You need, to, you need to tell someone that. You need to testify about that. Faith is all about who I can trust. Every time I think of that word trust, I think of my wife's favorite verse of Scripture, passage of Scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 4, 5, and 6. Here's what he says. And so find Proverbs Chapter 3, verses 4, 5, and 6. So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your paths. In all, trust Him with all of your heart. And, and then in all of your ways acknowledge Him. He will direct your paths. Live for Him. In all of your ways, live according to His Word. And He 
will direct your path. Who can you trust? See, we gotta, we got to determine this. This is what faith is all about. Okay? If you want to write this one down, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7 and 8. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord. And whose hope, remember that word? Way over there in Hebrews 11 and 1. What did it say? Now faith is what? The substance of what? Things hoped for. I think I heard my wife say it back there. Of what those things hoped for. And in verse 7 of Jeremiah 17, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. There you go. There's some clarity for you. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green, will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. There you go. Faith is all about who you can trust. So if you trust in the Lord, put your hope in Him, you will live in His blessing. Well, that's just so good. Let's just keep sharing some scriptures. Psalm 56 and verse 3. Whenever I am afraid. I wonder how many of you have felt fearful during these times. I wonder if you've listened to the news and felt fearful. I wonder if you've been at Walmart and somebody coughed around you and you immediately felt fearful. I wonder if you felt like you got a little hot at some point and you immediately felt fearful. Okay? Here's what the scripture says, Proverbs 56 and 3. Whenever, somebody say whenever. Whenever. That means any time, right? That means no matter what, any time, whenever means whenever. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you, Lord. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Amen. See, faith is all about who you can trust. And you can trust God no matter what you find yourself facing. Okay? Let me go one more. Hebrews 13 and 6. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Does that sound familiar? Probably so. That's what we were just reading about. It's a different verse he's quoting. But same concept. Who can you trust? So remember, what, what would it look like if we are living in the times the Bible describes as the beginning of sorrows? And if we are, what does that mean to us? If it would look just like it looks right now, what does that mean for us? It means it's time for us to have faith. Now faith, it's time. And faith is what, all about what you can't see because we walk by faith, not by sight. And it's all about who you can trust. And it's all about what you can believe for. I won't take the time to go to all that. But Mark, Matthew 19 and 26 says... All things are possible if you believe. Not, not any other way. It doesn't say all things are possible if, if you are the greatest people in the world. It says with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. 
And then he tells us in Scripture, all things are possible if you only believe. So Matthew 19 and 26, with God, all things are possible. Not with man, but with God. And if we believe, then all things become possible. Mark 11, 20 to 24, I mentioned it. Or have faith in God. You can say to this mountain, be thou removed. He goes into all that. But then he tells us, if you believe that you receive when you pray, you can have what you ask for. If you believe. If. Two-letter word, big consequences. If you believe. So I want to say to you, what can you believe for? This is what faith is. That's, that's what faith is all about. What, what can you believe for? If you, if you have little faith, you'll believe for little or nothing. If you have big faith, you'll begin to believe big. Amen. Hebrew, or James chapter 1 and verse 6 says, talking about a man, a woman, but let them ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So he's telling us, let patience have its perfect work. He's telling us uh, that we, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. He'll give to anyone and then ask for that wisdom in faith. Don't doubt that God won't do it. Ask for God's wisdom in faith. And it, because if you doubt, you might as well not even have asked for God's wisdom. But if you can believe God, you can receive His wisdom. And then the last thing about faith is what are you willing to say? What are you willing to say? So faith is all about what you can't see. Faith is all about who you can trust. Faith is all about what you can believe. And faith is all about what are you willing to say. <laughs> what are you willing to say? That's, that's a question. What are you willing to say? You know what I'm willing to say right now? I'm willing to say that what I'm seeing in the world around us sure looks a lot like what the Bible describes as time is drawing near. And I'm also willing to say that if that's the case, then we need to be moving with God as never before. And so I'm willing to say I'm going to believe God is going to anoint me to share His Word with those who need to hear that truth. And I'm not going to be ashamed to say it. If people laugh at me, if people mock me, if, if people ridicule, let them have at it. But I'm willing to say it because I believe the Lord. And so I'm willing to say God's got a better plan. I'm willing to say God still heals people. I'm willing to say God still miraculously delivers people that are in bondage. Of whatever type of bondage. I believe God still heals every type of disease. Every type of issue. Every type of struggle. I believe God can heal whether it's mental, physical, spiritual. I believe God can do all of it. I still believe God performs miracles today. I'm willing to say it. And I'm willing to believe for it. What are you willing to say? In Luke chapter 6 and verse number 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So what are you able and willing to say? Are you willing to speak in agreement with God's word? Are, are you willing 
to speak in agreement with what God has declared? Or are you going to be quiet about it because you don't want to be seen as different than everybody else? Faith won't allow you to be silent. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34 says, Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let's go to another one. I'm dropping out some notes. I'll pick those up later. Hopefully I can figure out where they go back in my Bible. Proverbs chapter 4. I'm just giving these to you and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quiet for the, tonight after I give you these. Get over there. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. What, what does that word say to us? Here's what it says. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of that heart springs the issues of life. Put away a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. So, speak God's word. Let's do one more. Proverbs 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. What are you willing to say? Are you willing to speak in agreement with God? Are you willing to say, I believe the Lord's coming? Are you willing to say, our world needs His revival? Are you willing to say, I desire to be awake in these last moments? And here's here's where we end. God gave all. I'm I'm going to say this slow because this is the thought that the Lord gave me. that, That I believe the Lord gave me. God gave all to create. And Christ fulfilled all for. And the Spirit shares all that is needed about a kingdom and a life that you and I can't fully see right now. I'm going to say it again. God gave everything to create. Christ fulfilled all for. The Spirit shares all that is needed about a kingdom and a life you and I can't fully see now. So we have to have faith to believe. 1 Corinthians 2, he begins to lay it out. And I'm just going to read verse 9, but you can go read 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 16. But here's what verse 9 says. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Let's apply now faith. It's all about what you can't see, who you can trust, what you can believe, and what you're willing to say. And let's understand That if we were alive in the days of the beginning of sorrows and the day just before Jesus comes, it would look just like biblically declares, it would look just like the days we are living in now. And I believe the reason it would look like that is because we are living in those days. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to cower in fear? Are you going to scoff and throw it aside? 
and act like it's not real? Are you going to live your life like you've got your whole lifetime to figure things out? Or are you going to have now faith? You remember what I told you? Faith is an action. Faith is, a, is timed for a moment. This moment. Faith is creative and faith is responsive. How about we apply faith in this moment? Amen. I hope we'll be strong enough to do it. River Life, I hope you'll join me. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Or what people far smarter than us come up with. What matters most is who do we trust? What can we believe? And what are we willing to say accordingly to what this word teaches us? I pray you'll apply now faith in the moment we're living in. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Father, I love you. I ask for your convicting power. If there is anyone that's listening or hearing this. That doesn't know you as their savior. Let them call on you now. For I believe. Time here is shortening. Let us not put off till tomorrow what we need to do today. If anyone needs to come home to you. Or put faith in you for the first time or the thousandth time. If they need to lay down their sin, turn to you, make you Lord of their life, let them do it now and not wait. Let your church awaken and arise and let us activate now faith. And let us declare loudly so the world would hear. Let us speak as the oracles of God. Let our words be prophetic as we declare. Prophetic in the means of. Speaking forth. Or in the means of foretelling. Whatever you choose. But let us declare to our world. That we need to prepare. The time is now approaching. And our opportunity is now to make a difference. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I'm asking now that you think about what we've talked about. And you make some decisions in your life. Don't forget all the events of the week. Uh, video will run and show you everything that's happening. Thank you for joining with me tonight. Even... If you're not sure if these are last days or you're not even sure what you believe about that, I want to encourage you, share this with your friends. Share this with your family. And you know what? If you're, if you're a little worried about their response, you just tell them, listen to what my crazy pastor had to say. You put it on me. That'll be okay. I believe our world needs to hear this message.